How much encouragement do you need to remember God? Now, I don't mean about God or OMG, that acronym when we get excited, but the real and true God. How much encouragement do you really need? Hopefully not much. Why? For those who have dedicated their life to God, having a healthy relationship with God is a blessing. It's a daily, if not hourly, recognition. A real communication that drives our daily events. Yet how easy is it for people to morph God into something he is not? Because we are not going back to our roots of faith. Because we are letting myths, truths, override God's truth. I think this is one of the reasons why we are supposed to gather together as the Lord's church. Like we are here on the Lord's day every Sunday. To pray, to study, to fellowship, to be with each other, to learn, to remember, and to be mostly reminded of things that we should already know and be doing. Today's lesson is back to our roots. Remembering truth, dealing with the past, and moving forward. So the first point is remembering truth. How easy is it to balance a wooden plank that's sitting on top of a cylindrical device? You know what I'm talking about. We did that as kids, or some of us. And I would say if you tried it in your youth and you were good at it, it didn't come naturally. You practiced at it, you worked at it, until you learned to do it well. Some today uh, are learning to do things like this, to build up their core strength. And it's usually because they suffered some sort of physical injury or have some need for physical therapy and the body might struggle with core strength. So getting on that teeter-totter, standing in that thing that focuses your core to work is important because it helps build up things that we're lacking in our body. Where is our core? This is a good question to ask a follower of God. Where is your core strength? Is it in the truth? The reality, people standing on the truth have a firm and strong core because they're already balanced. And Joshua brings the people together to remind them of their true foundation. He brings them the writings of Moses that were given by God. Why? Because there in line resides the foundation for them to stand firmly. So Joshua built an altar to the Lord. He did so because Moses commanded it before Moses passed away in Deuteronomy chapter 31, 9 through 13. They offered up sacrifices to God, but they also did something else that was part of their foundation, their roots as individuals and as a nation, what was it? They read God's word. Not just read it, but listened to it. Joshua chapter 8, 34 and 35. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that was written in the book of the law, there was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly. 
of Israel, and the women and the little ones, and the sojourners who lived among them. Perhaps if our core strength was good, we wouldn't have certain struggles related to God's truth. Struggles with faith and struggles with obedience. Why? Well, because we would remember our roots. The roots of truth in God and His Son, Jesus Christ. But our reality is what? We get weak in our core strength. If you're weak physically in your core strength, is it a good idea just to stay on the couch? No, you got to get up and do something to strengthen it. We always need to be training our and remembering truth, where we get our core strength from spiritually. I don't think it is an accident that Matthew's account of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount ended with Jesus teaching about the rock and the sand. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. That stand on the rock as opposed to standing on the sand. Which one's going to counter, give you the best balance, the best strength, the best foundation? We need to rely daily on God's firm foundation to keep that core strength spiritually. And always remember to get back to our roots of faith in God. Second, dealing with the past. The past is something everyone who is born has. You realize that? Everyone has a past. Some things are good, some things are bad. Some things are just neutral. All these past experiences have potential to spur us on to be better people for God. If we can put them in the right perspective. Now, I don't mean a perspective. I mean the right perspective. Getting back to the roots of truth. You see, God that God laid out for us helps us to get the right perspective with the bad experiences, the good experiences, and the neutral experiences. Whether it is our collective past as, as the church or as people of faith, and we can look back to the old law and see the people of faith there, or our individual past that we all have and we all have to deal with. To put things in the right perspective, it helps to have core strength. And the core strength comes from the truth of God. If you studied scripture just a little, you'll recognize in the Old Testament what we learn from the past. Can help us focus better on our roots of faith, especially if put in the right context. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Why not desire evil? Why is it not a good idea to indulge, to participate, or to even consider things that are evil like idolatry or sexual immorality or grumbling against God or challenging God? Why? Well, the basic answer, I think, is pretty simple. Death, 
1 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about that in context. A death coming from opposition to God and his truth. A death that comes from people who don't learn from the past. We put ourselves in dire straits when we desire evil. With God on your minds, who wants to put themselves in dire straits with God? If you're really thinking about God and God is on your minds, do you really want to put yourself in dire straits? No, no. Actually, sensible people, according to Paul, won't do that or don't want to do that. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14. Sensible people who are thinking about God are going to go, I don't want to put myself in that kind of jeopardy. So they'll do everything they can to try to restrain themselves. But we can look at the past to learn things, can't we? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 11 through 12. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction. On whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who insists that he stands take heed lest he fall. If we insist that we stand, but we're not standing on the truth, guess what? You better be careful. You're not a sensible person. You're going to fall. Is instruction good? We tend not to go to a counselor if our teeth hurt. Why? Because the counselor has not been trained in things dealing with the teeth. Likewise, why would we go to, to a seance or wicked people or to false teaching anywhere else that doesn't give us proper instruction in our faith? Why would we go to anywhere else? A sensible person, according to Paul, just wouldn't do that. Why would we go there and think we can deal properly with our past mistakes and sins? Or understand and live out those instructions given to us to lead to a proper life in God? Jesus wants to look to the Godhead because we all have a past to learn from good, bad, and neutral. But followers of Christ have a future because Jesus' blood, as Lewis brought up in the Lord's Supper, or somebody brought up, I'm sure it was Lewis too, is what we all need to take care of those past issues, to bring us forward into the future. Colossians Chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, says this. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things of this earth. For you have died and your life is uh, 
is hidden with Christ in God. How do we deal with our past? We put it into God's hands. He will take us into the future as we focus our minds on the things above, not on the things of the earth. Sensible people. So we need to move forward, and that's the third point. Moving forward is considered a positive. I hope you would agree. But we need to know which forward is the correct direction, don't we? And in many ways, Israel at, very time, at various times did a very good job at following God in the right direction, going forward, even after some sort of generational tragedy where the people fell away for such a long time. They got back into the Word. They got back onto the foundation. They worked their core strength, and they're moving forward. Like the commander of the Lord, Joshua chapter 5, 13 through 15, whose whole motive was to follow God. It was not to follow Joshua. It was not to follow Joshua's enemies. It was to follow God. The sin of Achan is a troublesome one, Joshua 7. We talked about that last week, I believe. It was a setback. It was going backwards. It halted the move forward for Israel. But they thought God, they sought God for the answer. And what? Remain focused on the truth that comes from God. Jesus said, follow me a lot. Did he not? He said, follow me a lot. I wonder if that's Jesus' idea of what it's like to move forward. If you want to move forward in the life, in this life, spiritually, follow him. Because he's taking you in the right direction. He didn't say to, his, uh, to follow the new guru of whatever, did he? No. He said, follow me. Follow me. Listen to these passages and consider the past Jesus is asking people to leave and where he wants them to go. Matthew 4, verse 19. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Do you know the context? He's talking to his disciples. Leave that behind and follow me. How about this one? Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Matthew 8, verse 22. What's he asking them to put in the past? What's he asking them to go towards? And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 10, 38. So the question is, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Back to our roots is not a call for nationalism. Back to our roots is a call to standing on the truth that God has for us. Through Christ. Israel often needed to be reminded about getting back on to their roots of faith in God. 
often. It would not be wrong to use this as a continual reminder for followers of God today. It would not be a bad sermon to share. Hey, remember your foundation. Remember where the roots of faith and truth in God are. Stand on that and move forward or follow Christ. Paul reminds us that our identity and our salvation, the truth all people need to, is to follow Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom, in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Back to our roots, remembering truth. This leads us to God's core values and teachings. We should follow. Dealing with the past. Will you follow poor examples? Or will you grow in proper instruction? And moving forward. Truly, it's only found in God through Christ. To move forward is to follow Him. The lesson is yours. If there's anybody who has any needs this morning, concerns, prayer requests, or otherwise, please come forward now as together we stand and sing. I surrender all to him. I 